I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Well, I am here to announce that our book, Let's Heal, a workbook designed for Black women with various modalities by your co-host Danika and Myra is now at a storefront. And so the storefront is Urbana Goods. It's a community store that brings an upgraded experience of connecting with the community uh, with small crafting gatherings and workshops and supporting other local businesses by housing and selling their merchandise, such as us. And they even sell some of your typical items from the local convenience store. Like y'all, I literally bought some body butter, hair products, and a cute purse all from this store. Just to give you a little example. So when you have some time, check out Urbana Goods. It's located in Guardina, California. The actual address is 1756 West El Segundo, Guardina, California, 90249. You can put it in your GPS, whatever you need to do, but go ahead and make your way there and check us out. Hey y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Woman Healing Podcast, and as usual, we have a special guest. We've been doing this thing where we're talking about quotes at the top of the podcast, and so Donika has a list, and she has a quote on here that I'm really feeling, and the quote says, if you prioritize yourself, you're going to save yourself, and that's from Gabrielle Union. So I'm curious, Donika, what do you think about this lovely quote that you picked out? That's nice. I actually really like this one. Oh, interesting. Because you know you, <laughs> she don't be liking nobody's quotes, y'all. She be like, eh. <laughs> um, I, you know, I like it. I think that it's kind of like this piece of like when you bet on you, uh, mm-hmm. like you can't lose. Like it's it's you, regardless of how the bet goes. You're the one who, in the end, has to work out whatever the outcome is with you. So, and I won't even say this whole like whether you win or lose because I don't even think it's winning or losing whatever happens is, is happening but if you prior- prioritize yourself then that's all that matters so that's what I think of it what about you Myra my mind automatically goes to being a mom because it makes me think about how like even if you're not like a mom to like your own child but if you serve as like a mom to other people um in your life oftentimes you can get lost in that and I feel like if you put yourself at the top of all that, that's how you don't get lost in it. And that's how you continue to show up as however you want to show up. So I think that's kind of where my mind goes of like, if you really want to show up as your true self, you have to take care of whoever your true self is. Hmm. What do you think? That's hilarious because I feel like that's how I know I'm talking to therapists. Cause uh, I literally talked about that to mine yesterday. Um, and that is something that, <laughs> we have been working on is just me continuously uh working that muscle too because I think it's hard sometimes like you you want to show up as yourself and be yourself but then when you're so used to being that person whose job it is to take care of so many other people around you it's like you have to be whatever they need in that moment and so uh she's constantly reminding me to like put the oxygen mask on myself before I help somebody else and that's Mm -hmm. like where I'm at so I'm in agreement with you on that yeah for sure yeah um has anybody read uh gabrielle union's book i haven't i've mm-hmm. heard a lot of good stuff about it but i think she has several books actually but it's just mm-hmm. making me think of like gabrielle union should be coming through with the knowledge the wisdom um 
But anyway, can we give her a little bit more grace? I know, like right now, she's been like a hot topic in 2023. Every month has been something new. <laughs> give her a little bit of grace. I think she's still learning some stuff. I hope that she's in therapy because she got some stuff to work through. So let's give hey. her a little bit of grace because they be going in person. What yes, are you talking the time about? In. Oh, you don't know? Not in the sense of you saying she needs therapy or that she needs a little bit more time. Yeah. But when I say therapy, what I I mean that I feel like she needs to talk some things over with her therapist before she puts a lot of her business out there. I feel like before she talks through with whether it be like friends, a therapist, somebody, and then everybody kind of goes in on her and then she's like, she doesn't know what to do with it. And that's why I feel like she, I don't know if she has like good friends that she talks to somebody. She needs to be talking to somebody behind the scenes besides like her husband. I think, I mean, that's like, in my opinion, that's like this celebrity piece of PR, but the stuff that she's been saying, she just sounds like she's living her authentic truth. I actually like it, but it's just, she's a celebrity. So that's what comes with it. But I mean, that's like the piece of like, like when we think of somebody like Beyonce, like her PR team, her team is like, they would never let her say some of her truth. (laughs) But it sounds like Gabrielle Union is, maybe her team is like, girl, don't say that. She's like, I'm saying it. I don't care. But Mm. I like it. I don't know. Yeah. And and I think it's also an age thing. Like, I, I can't remember how old she is, but I think she's either 50 or about to be like, she's somewhere up there. She's yeah. Good, right. right? Oh, but it's like, also like the older you get, like everybody does talk about this. Cause even I felt it transitioning into my thirties. And I was just like, I care a little bit less about what people want to say or think or whatever. And like everybody I talk to who's 10 years older, 20 years older, et cetera, is like every decade more of life that you live you're just like y'all can say whatever you want to say I got me I got mine and that's what it is so <laughs> very true yeah no, most definitely um but yeah but for sure we should give her grace in, in regardless of this celebrity uh spotlight but yeah but shout out to Gabrielle Union um so today you all we're going to be talking about black women and pansexuality but before we get into some of these questions I'm going to introduce our guest who is one of my closest friends that's been my friend since San Diego days um so today we have Effa Akuteka she's an executive and creative producer based in Los Angeles who is obsessed with telling unique stories she especially loves to explore narratives through the lens of a creator's vision, figuring out the best way to deliver it to their audience with an authentic voice. In order to do so, she believes that it's important to make conscious decisions about who you place both in front of and behind the lens. Hmm. With her blend of experience in digital content, marketing, and broadcast media, she takes pride in providing growth opportunities to anyone with the passion for what we do specifically hoping to get more Black female representation in the industry. Effort approaches every project with the mindset of bettering herself, her community, and everyone around her, which is why you're so perfect to be our guest today. Um, So let's welcome Effa. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on today. I'm very uh excited to discuss this topic. And yeah, I keep on forgetting how long I've known you because I feel like I've just been in LA now for so long that I'm just like, yeah, you've known me pre-LA. So (laughs) absolutely. So firstly, we like to define terms 
And I also think it's important to say, define how you want to define it, right? It doesn't have to be this textbook, but if it is, that's fine too. But how would you define pansexual? So pansexual or pansexual's pansexuality is usually defined as, you know, you liking the person without regard for their gender or gender identity, gender expression, et cetera. So um, it's like, there's a line from Schitt's Creek that really summarizes it perfectly. It's, I like the wine, not the label. So like, if that person's vibe, energy, connection with that person feels good to you, you can like them regardless of their gender presentation. Um, and I think it also is important though within that space because uh, pansexual, omnisexual, bisexual, all of these sort of versions of sexuality that encompass being able to like a lot of different expressions, there's still going to be people who have like a preference, right? So some people lean more towards masculine folks. Some people lean more towards feminine folks. Some people lean more towards just a certain look. But I think generally speaking, it's this sort of acceptance that like, I could fall in love with anybody who identifies in any kind of way. Um, and I don't necessarily look to their gender to determine whether or not they're somebody that I would date. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some of you had um, mentioned to us in the email was like, you guys should also talk about where pansexuals fall within the queer community. Um, since for anyone in the realm of bisexual identity, it can get kind of confusing. And then you also said like lonely and frustrating. So I did want to make some space for that too, before we go on to have a further conversation. Yeah. And honestly, this is kind of funny because I guess it sort of also talks a little bit about how I landed on that term or how I landed on that term for myself. And it really is like, I think that I always just kind of thought like I was straight. I think most, a lot of people in, a lot of people that are part of the queer community now did not realize they were queer. And I think that that's so funny because some people will be like, oh yeah, you must have like always known you were gay. No, some people really have an awakening like in their middle age or whatever. But I I think that I always just assumed I was straight. And like the way that like women talk about women, I was always just like, yeah, of course that girl over there is gorgeous or that person over there is this, that person over there is that. And then um, I think later in life, I started to notice like friends around me who were like actively bisexual or coming out as lesbians and the way that they would sort of talk about their attraction to women specifically, I was like, yeah, no, everybody feels that way, right? And then I was like, hmm, I guess not. Because <laughs> um, then I would talk to my straight friends and they would be like, absolutely not, girl. Um, and, and then I was like, okay, so I guess I'm bi. But then um, I also would recognize that like, I thought, I started to feel like I was a lot more fluid in terms of who I would date and like, that I think is where it gets even more confusing because like immediately, like I think bisexual is the first thing that people cling to when they realize they're not just attracted to the opposite gender. And then once you like dive deeper into the queer community, it's like, oh, this is a person who's non-binary. This is a person who's trans. This is a person who is gender non-conforming or fluid or whatever. This person dresses like this and has these mannerisms. Does that fall within still straight male? And is that still acceptable if I'm going to call myself this? Like, you start to get all of these confusions once the second that you open up the door to being like just bi even or queer or whatever umbrella term you want to start from. And so like when you're talking to a person who says like, oh, I'm like pansexual or whatever, like there, there can be a lot of people, especially both within our community and outside of our community who kind of just make you feel like you're confused or greedy or whatever, because you're just like, 
I'll date anything. And it's like, (laughs) it's like, it's this weird thing of trying to be like, I actually, when I look at my dating history, have very specific types of people that I date over and over and over again, but I don't let that limit myself. And I think that I was funny enough having this sort of uh, realization around the time that I met like my last partner who ended up being a trans male. And it was like, not that I felt like I was trying to like, I I wanted to be really conscious of not trying to like use him as validation that like Mm -hmm. gender didn't necessarily matter to me and that I could be anywhere on the spectrum. But it was like, it just felt so normal and so natural. And like, I didn't question it that he maybe was like born a certain way. Um, And I had friends around me who distinctly identify as like bisexual and were like, yeah, but I don't necessarily date like trans people nothing against them but it's just not my thing and so I was like okay so I'm even further into another niche part of our community so you just sort of like I think that I really just like the I like that we've sort of gotten to a place where uh I feel like a lot of people who would identify as you know any of the alphabets so to speak um we just kind of call us like I think the word queer works really well because I think there's a lot of people who just kind of float back and forth between different spaces and don't want to be held to a label. And it's perfectly fine if you identify as strictly this or strictly that. But um, I kind of like existing in a space where like who I'm dating at the today could be very different from who I'm dating a week from now. So um, I just let my heart guide me, even though it constantly guides me to heartbreak. Um, <laughs> and um. I just <laughs> find people who I like and that's it. So yeah. <laughs> well in honor of pride month i know this question like doesn't really flow but we're here right <laughs> yeah we're talking about pride month. we're talking about all the things pride do you do anything to celebrate during this month and i'm also wanting to just be thinking about um i don't know there was a thing such thing as black pride so can you even like kind of touch on that a little bit i'm still learning girl i am too because like <laughs> it is it feels <laughs> It feels very much like a continuous journey to like, I think, I guess it's been like a couple of years now, maybe like four or so that I've identified as like pansexual or queer or anything in that space. And um, so for Pride, I didn't get to do a lot of stuff because by the time I really like came to the realization, most of it was COVID. So I just like, wasn't really trying to go out and do stuff. Um, and, And then um coming out of it like this year in particular I really just last year I was traveling a lot for work so I didn't get to do like any of the good pride stuff in LA and then this year I was like I really want to go do something like I want to feel like I'm being around my people in some way so like black pride I have a friend who we're planning to go to some events and then uh specifically like there's different pride events in different neighborhoods and different cities Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that like especially if you're new to the city you just go to the WeHo Pride Parade and you're like, I guess that's it. But it's like, no, Long Beach has a whole nother thing. Like, uh, you know, Burbank has a whole nother thing. Like, uh, Inglewood might have a whole nother thing. So how Pride looks, like, I'm very interested, I think, in this year, finding Pride events that feel comfortable to me. And really, for me, that means finding, like, Black queer folks to be around because those are the people that I know and I hang out with and I'm friends with. And so like no shade to other people. Obviously I still hang out with other people all the time, but it's like, I really want to be around my black queer people because it's just a different experience. So that's really what I'm planning for this year is like black pride and long beach pride and 
those are going to be where I turn up a little bit. So if you see me on the streets, uh, no, you didn't. Uh, so, so yeah, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> okay, so we also wanted to ask about um, how does identifying as pansexual play a part in your daily life? And I'm also curious, like the backstory, because you're saying that you had this realization more so like during the pandemic. So can you also give us like a little more of like the backstory so that way we kind of understand a little bit more? Yeah, um, okay. So I wanna say probably my first realizations were probably before the pandemic. So maybe like 2018, 2017 even. Um, and that was really me like starting to very much just question like being straight in general. And then I met my partner around 2019. And that was like, I literally met him like a couple of months after I had just started telling people like, I identify as bi now. And um, so that was just kind of like, well, it was, it was conflicting for me because like, and I had talked about this with him too. I, I really didn't want to make it seem like I was changing my gender like I didn't want to make it seem like I was changing my identity because of being in a relationship with him because that also could be a very sensitive topic for him in particular to be like oh now you you know you don't see me as the same as like the cisgender men you dated before and that is another whole nother conversation to have on another day but it's like I was kind of struggling a little bit with like feeling comfortable being able to explore all of that because you know, I was just really nervous about how it would look to him or to other people or what folks would say. And I was just like fighting, I think myself for a long time about like thinking, like being able to say the things out loud that I wanted to say. So I think that like, again, 2020 just felt like a whole new chapter for most of us because of the pandemic. And it was a lot of just like, I could go tomorrow. So what I'm not gonna do is hold back on figuring out who I am and who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. And if a person really like loves me and cares about me, they're not going to um, feel any type of way about me doing what I need to do for myself and stuff like that. So, you know, thankfully, like my partner was receptive when I had those conversations with him. And then as I started to, I think more so tell my friends a little bit more about where I was landing, um, they also seemed to be receptive too. So it really like now in my daily life, the the harder part of it is just, I'm also like a very feminine presenting person. I just like makeup. I like my hair. <laughs> I like I like dressing very like fem feminine, uh, even though yeah. like, you know, you might catch me on a bummy day and I look like a bum, but whatever. Um, and the, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like in my daily life, I think it's also a little bit of like me needing to reassure myself that I don't, need to look or fit into a certain type of thing because you can also like I can be in very straight spaces and have people say things to me that are very homophobic and I'm like I don't agree with what you're saying um and because they just might not think that I would care for some reason I don't know people shouldn't say stuff to strangers by the way um but then I might be in a very queer space and like I have another friend who also just again very feminine presenting female but she's like, I think people just think we're like really enthusiastic allies because um, we're just there and we're having a great time and we're always at the stuff and we just probably look like everybody's best friend and not like we want to be hit on by the people here. So um, yeah, so figuring out like how to do that within my daily life and how to show up and still like 
you know, especially like in workspaces or in like having a get together with friends and people wanting to feel like they're going to go to a safe space and be able to be themselves. Like, I think that I try to use my own fluidity of being able to float between all the different worlds to make other people feel like wherever I am, like I'm gonna stand up for you. I'm gonna make a space for you. I'm gonna make sure that you feel comfortable here because I already exist in a lot of spaces where I'm made to feel uncomfortable for lots of reasons. So I try to just lead with not having other people have to worry about that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in some pieces it sounds like um, very freeing, but then it also still sounds like this responsibility. I can't explain it the way you explain it. Yeah, that's always going. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, you deliver your truth, and then also hurt, like, but also creating space for people. Like, I don't know. It felt like responsibility. If I'm free, but responsible. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, girl. This is why well, I'm in therapy, you know. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's like for me though, that's good. Like the thing I like helping people. Like that is, like I think there's never been a time in my life where I wasn't in some capacity wanting to help people or make people feel comfortable and welcomed and stuff like that. Like thinking back to, like first grade and stuff like that, interactions with friends and classes. So. It, it can feel like a burden and I don't think that I go out of my way to be like I now have to make this a super inclusive environment so anybody can be here and da, 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 da. but I think that I I generally just I think pay a little bit more attention because of my own experiences and so every once in a while I think I'm just like yeah I might have noticed this thing that my straight friend didn't notice or whatever um so I guess it's more like sometimes it feels a little bit like a superpower to be able to help somebody that otherwise would wouldn't have known who to go to for help and it's like come with me yeah yeah I wonder how that impacts your mental health though like it's making me think about like mm -hmm. how do I say this it's almost like yes a superpower but at the same time like with superpowers we don't ask for them like they kind of just like happen and sometimes it can be a lot to carry something that we didn't ask for, right? Like it can be like, okay, this feels really good. Like I like that I can identify with this. And sometimes it can be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> no, that that tracks. Cause also like uh if you want to get like really personal, like on like for instance on the dating side of things, right? It can be kind of a negative to have that sort of fluidity in between all the different spaces too because then I'll be like dating somebody who let's say identifies as like strictly a lesbian has never dated a man etc does not have any desire to and then they will sort of be like well I don't really want to be with somebody who like I have to kind of question right and so those are the moments I think where it impacts my mental health the most is like where that happens or where I am in a space. And like you said, it's like, oh, I didn't ask for to maybe, maybe this is the a day where I didn't ask to be the one who has to make everybody feel comfortable and safe. I was just trying to show up, but somebody kind of is still looking at me like, hmm, it might be safer for you to go test that water than it is for me to go test that water. So do you mind? And I'm like, I really just wanted to be here today. I just wanted to chill, have like sip some drinks by the beach. And now you're sending me to go like, see how it feels. Yeah. Uh, so I think those are the moments where it does feel a little bit more like, you know, that's when you, I, I think I have to check in with 
first of all, who am I surrounding myself with? And also kind of going back to like, what do I want in that moment? And what am I comfortable with doing or saying or experiencing? Because it's like, I'm, it's not easy by any means, but it is just a matter of me needing to check in with myself and be like, does this, does this situation feel good for me? Is this making me feel good? Because if I'm helping somebody, but it's draining my energy, I'm not going to keep putting myself in that situation. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's where it ends up landing for my mental health at least. Yeah. Thank you for going in depth about that. Like, I feel like that was like a piece where it's important to just touch on. So I'm happy that we were able to dig a little bit deeper there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you are creating and have those tools, mm-hmm. um, which kind of goes into this next question, because what we've been talking about is you kind of extending all this support and energy um, to other folks. So when it comes to your family and friends, how have they been supportive of this part of your identity? And, you know, explain to us if they have and if they if they haven't. That is an interesting question because uh, I think my fr- my friends have been pretty supportive of me identifying as pansexual. Like, I think that majority of the people I've surrounded myself with at this phase, at least, have never really made any sort of um, hints that they would have an issue with it. I would say there have maybe been one or two people in the past who would like look at a person I was dating and just be like, I'm sorry, what's going on? Um, or I remember being out at a party with some friends once when I was still like new to LA and figuring stuff out. And then like, I was dancing with some like girl, like this cute stud. I was like, she asked me to dance. I want to dance with her. And again, this is while I was still figuring my stuff out, but I was very much just like, I'm gonna dance with a person I want to dance with. Um, you guys don't do that. <laughs> like, uh, and so I just remember like, getting looks and feeling awkward and feeling uncomfortable and then like that sort of thing can happening one or two other times with those people and me just being like maybe I don't hang out with those folks anymore and like to them they probably don't even remember it happens but for me it's something where it's like just you even like making a comment that would make me feel uncomfortable in that space makes me feel like now I gotta shut down makes me feel like now that's part of my life I can't be sharing with somebody and at that time, I wasn't like, I think, healed enough to know how to have those conversations and know how to navigate that. So, you know, like, luckily, it's not like I felt like I was missing out on anything necessarily by um, maybe sort of moving away from some of those friendships. And just, I ended up having other friendships that developed around the same time. But it was just kind of like, yeah, it, that one, I think what that was a little bit weird for me to just sort of start to realize that it's like okay do what you want to do in the shadows like you call yourself whatever you want to call yourself but then like if I'm out in public with somebody and they have an issue with who I'm out in public with then I'm like "Mm, that's not a real friend that's not a real like ally you're you're not somebody I could be cool with if you're going to be like worried about your perception or my perception while we're hanging out like um and on the family side of things, I was actually like really nervous about that. Um, Cause funny enough, like I never had like a big coming out to my family. Like I didn't go home for Christmas and say, hey everybody, here's what I do. Um, I think I just kind of started more openly posting about stuff like that, like on my Instagram, which my siblings followed me. Um, and then uh, I more distinctly had a conversation with my mom and 
I felt comfortable. I again, she is an older African woman, so it was one of the most like nerve-wracking things <laughs> um, in my life to be like, what is she gonna say or think or do or whatever? Like when I moved in with my ex, for instance, and um, I I remember talking to him about it and just being like, I don't. I don't know how you feel about me telling her, but I just feel like this is a conversation I need to have with her before we move in together. Like I need her to know like who I am, who I'm living with, all of these things. Um, and again, it was pandemic, so they had never met. So uh, there was just like a point in time where I remember talking to her and she mentioned something else about another cousin of mine who is a gay man. And just like she had had sort of comments about that her, that cousin's parents um and that maybe like his dad wasn't super supportive when he came out but my mom was like really backing my cousin when she was describing all of this and I was like oh I feel comfortable like I, I feel like you know this woman who I think maybe 10 to 15 years ago might have not wanted to have a daughter who would identify as any as anything other than straight like has definitely come to a place where she's like you got to love your kids regardless. Um, and so like, I sort of just had a, that conversation with her and her, her first question to me was just, so am I going to have grandkids? <laughs> like that was all she really cared about. She just wanted to know if she's going to have grandbabies. She's like, like, and I, I thought that that was so funny as a response. Cause it was like, you're not worried about who I'm dating or who I end up with yeah, I think I still have some nerves about like, what are you actually going to do if I bring home like some, you know, stud with me to Thanksgiving dinner? Like, what are you going to say? But like her concern was always just, I want grandkids. So whatever gets you grandkids, you can date whomever. Um, and so, yeah, it's just never come up as like a point of contention between us. Um, but I do think that there's certain other people in my family who, um, I can't say that I've seen them be as supportive towards other family members who I think are, I think are part of the community, but are not out yet. Um, and so that just always makes me a little bit sad. It's just like, I want to be able to have a better relationship with those people too. But those are folks who I don't feel like I can be fully myself around because it's like, I've seen how you act or treat or, you know, say things to this person. Um, and I don't want you to feel that way with me. And maybe it's because I'm a loud mouth and I'm aggressive and people know that like, you can say whatever you want to say to me, I'm going to give it right back. But um, yeah, <laughs> whenever I see that in like certain family members who, again, it's just like the old school African ways of thinking, which I hope we can move past in you know future generations. It's just like so disheartening and it, it does make me a little bit more closed off to those parts of the family. But I have such a huge family that it's, it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm missing out and it doesn't really feel like it's affecting me as, as much as it probably should. I'm sure it does. I know y'all are therapists. Y'all gonna be like, it's affecting you, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it definitely is one of those things that I'm still figuring out how to navigate there, but the, the people who I needed to be okay with it are okay with it. And that makes me happy. Yeah. That feels really good to hear that the people that you know you want to have those conversations with and you want to support you are like, yeah, I'm there. I'm doing it. Yeah. I feel like I like yeah. rarely hear that from clients. So to hear that <laughs> makes me feel personally. I'm like, yes, there there are parents out there that'll 
open their arms to you and be like, okay, I just want to know am I going to have kids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that just and be I, the biggest issue about the kids. That's it. And I, and I love that. Like I have now, I, I, again, I was so concerned about that. Just knowing our culture and just knowing that we don't do that here. Like there's countries in Africa who like this month are making it illegal to just be gay period to have any type of homosexual attraction relationship uh interactions like you will go to jail for life and that also like is just so scary to know that it's like it's such it's still such a prevalent thing there um that you know it it's like I don't have as much of a close connection to my friend to my family that are back home we see each other when we go there some of us keep up like over social media but yeah it's like oh what if I ever wanted to move to Kenya like am I gonna feel safe am I gonna feel comfortable like so there's certain things there that are a little bit meh but uh yeah luckily I'm I'm very fortunate <laughs> I I appreciate that because I do know some friends who have not had the same experience um and who just like cut off their families entirely um and it's a whole different story there but um I feel like there is a certain amount of like the tide shifting where I I have more friends than I thought I would whose families and friends just kind of accepted them when they came out um and yeah whether or not there's somebody who it's like well girl we've known since you were five you have never liked wearing xyz or acting like xyz like we knew we were just waiting for you to tell us. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and I think even you talking about that point, I think that's the difference too when it comes to like queer and like these different pieces of fluidity in the midst of it all because it doesn't just show up like, oh, you was wearing baggy clothes when you were younger or something, right? It doesn't just show up like that all the time. So like, I mean, really, you, you may not know or have any little inklings of you growing up until you live it out loud right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and then yeah and even like that type of stereotyping too can be negative like I have a family member who I remember we're around the same age and we grew up together and she just never liked feminine stuff still to this day doesn't like want to wear makeup or get her nails done or any of that stuff and she's completely straight straight as an arrow but <laughs> everybody just like I remember when we were in high school people would just be like so she's gay right like <laughs> I might be like absolutely not like <laughs> she does not she's not she doesn't want anything to do with that life not because she's like not an ally but just no I know this girl is very straight but I I'm, I kind of wonder like hmm, if she had been the one to come out <laughs> would people how would, would people care <laughs> you know so yeah 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 most definitely thank you for going into that and um yeah this right here uh, is you know a little advice given but do you have any advice for those wanting to explore their sexuality but not knowing where to start first I would say um finding the place that you feel the most comfortable uh is important because I think that like one thing that um <laughs> I initially like thought I have I would have to do is just be like well I gotta go start hanging out in like the queer neighborhoods in this town or whatever. And I gotta go to these types of events and I gotta go do these types of things. But then like I was saying earlier, like I'm excited to go to 
black pride not just any pride stuff like I want to go where there's already some other you know thing that I feel connects me to the people there so that I don't feel this overwhelming amount of pressure to like you know be performative or whatever about how I show up in other ways because it's like at the end of the day you still have that connection and I think that like majority of the people that I am close to who um are part of the queer community are black and brown folks and we've met through work or we've met through you know friends parties or I don't know whatever other like random events we've been at where we were networking and it's just like somehow we gravitated towards each other and then somehow eventually we found out like oh your family so um it's like I I think that I just my advice to anybody wanting to explore their sexuality would be go to places where you already feel comfortable um and then try to find like try to try to find comfortability and then find like your people within that comfortability um because that will allow you to ease into it and hopefully there will be people there who kind of like see that you're trying to figure stuff out and like are okay with that and you know not to like put that burden on other people but i think that generally speaking when folks see that you're kind of questioning they're like it's cool if you want to dip your toes in the water like come talk to us be around us help let us help you figure things out for yourself and you know if you decide that like actually you're fully straight then you're fully straight but like uh if you decide that you still just like hanging out here like you're not unwelcome because you're straight so you're just making friends and new connections with people um and I think that that's always what I felt like I was doing was just making new connections and it was like turns out we have more things in common than we ever knew so now I just have really good friends from work in other places um because I gravitated towards you know the ones who I thought <laughs> might be similar to me so yeah speaking of black pride can you tell us where we can find some information about um these events because I'm doing some googling I'm not seeing anything so where can we possibly find some stuff to share with folks oh you gonna make a liar out of me girl um no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding uh so Honestly, weirdly enough, like a lot of this stuff just um, won't always get posted on Google. So I actually find out about most of it through my other friends who are just more involved in the in their specific pockets of the community. Um, like, for instance, I have a friend who lives in Long Beach, constantly sending me stuff for Long Beach Pride, um, which I think this year is going to be like stuff in August. So a lot of it hasn't really been released yet. But like, because she lives there, there will just be things like posted like signage and stuff like that in the neighborhoods where she hangs out um and then for like black pride i believe that all of that stuff my friend found on um uh, meetup.com eventbrite like a lot of those places where they just post events period is like the best place to look for that stuff because it the bigger stuff like i said like the bigger la pride you know festival or whatever is going to be what's really advertised so even if you go walk around west hollywood those would be the kind of things that you would probably see posted all around and stuff like that is like here's la pride week but if you want to go for the niche groups um you're gonna have to look at like the meetup groups you're gonna have to look at the uh, eventbrite um stuff that comes up you're gonna have to uh look for the instagram pages of like queer bookstores and queer coffee shops and queer influencers even who would know about these things and would be at these things and would post about those things so 
um, yeah, my, my best advice is don't sleep on those like apps that are specifically made to help you find events to go to. Cause that's where a lot of people will post those things and not make, you know, some bigger announcement somewhere that it'll get picked up on a newspaper. And then, um, yeah, if you have, like I said, those, uh, other, if you're into social media, like just following accounts of people who, um, will be able to post about that information. Like, I think that we're always like trying to sh spread information within our own little circles of people. So, um, yeah, that's my yeah. best advice. Yeah. I literally just went on event bright and put, but this is obviously contingent on your area. So I put in like, uh, black pride events in Los Angeles and several things popped up even like black pride, LA.com, which is the thing, mm -hmm. um, that I just seen. So exactly like F was saying, and I think it's obviously contingent upon your area. I'm pretty sure. Well, the hope is that more spaces are where in your area that they have like this platform or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Eventbrite is my friend. Yeah, exactly. If you're in LA, like, I don't know, for femme stuff, uh, there's this group called Cuties LA, C-U-T-I-E-S-L-A. If you follow their Instagram, they, ho they host events all year round and post a lot of stuff, but I find a lot of things to them because it specifically is more towards like Black queer women. Um, so I find out about a lot of stuff there. If that's, if that's also the party, the community you identify as, that's one of my main resources. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, other black owned shops, I think, uh, Sip and Sonder in Inglewood is like black queer owned. So they host a lot of events that are more geared towards the queer community or specifically highlighting like queer artists and filmmakers and stuff like that who want to host something there. Um, and so that's another like great account to follow and, and they'll constantly post things about stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. As we wrap up, we always ask our guests if they have like any takeaways for our listeners or anything they just want to share. You've shared a lot of great things. So if you got something else to share, lay it on us. <laughs> I think the only other thing I would say is like, don't, as much as I have landed on this label, like don't feel like you have to because the like lgbtqia plus like it keeps on extending because i think people keep on finding out that there's new ways to show up in the world so like you don't necessarily have to fall into first of all just one letter like you could be pansexual but also aromantic you know um like there's lots of things that can kind of combine to create your identity so just because your experience doesn't sound exactly like mine or exactly like somebody else's doesn't mean that you're not still valid and also just because maybe you don't have like as much experience in this area or that area doesn't mean that you don't belong um and i think that that's something that like I struggled with for a long time, not gonna lie, still fight against every single day that imposter syndrome of showing up in spaces and not knowing whether or not I really belong there, especially if like that day, I that month I happened to be dating a straight cisgendered man and I'm like, dang, I'm betraying y'all by being here, aren't I? <laughs> like, but I think just feeling like, you know, you can identify how you identify and whoever you're dating at the time does not change who you are um, and whoever, whatever you're doing or, or trying to experience, um, just show up as yourself and give yourself that grace to know that like your presentation of pansexuality can look very different from somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for joining us today um, on this episode. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun talking about this.